Jump into the leadership game. Rise to the challenge and apply to become a DKM first-timer or a J.P. Morgan Chase Fellow. This is an exciting experience that will take your leadership skills to a new level. You'll learn from ACB passionate leaders and mentors. You continue your leadership journey. Don't delay. Apply today. For more information, please visit https slash slash www.acb.org slash 2023 first timers or contact Kenneth Simeon Sr. at simeon.k at outlook.com. The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service, nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Okay, so welcome everyone. This is this is Sarah Harris. Um, welcome all of those out on ACB Media, those in our Zoom room, and the ones that are here in person, because we are what? We are better together, right? Yes, yes, yes. A couple of things to note. We want to thank the uh, Neighborhood Partnership Program and DDSO, who have partnered with CCB to um, put together a lot of what we have going on today. Um, those of you who are here in person, what do you think of those swag bags? Yes. Yes. Okay. So in your, in your swag bag, along with all of your treats and your water and all your other goodies, I, I want you to recognize that we do have um, PPE in there. If you choose that you want to um, use a mask, there's hand sanitizer, there's some little Clorox wipes. Um, we also have uh, toothpaste, toothbrush, and mouthwash because number one, we leave those behind. And number two, I don't know if you guys know, Oral hygiene is one of the best defenses for COVID-19. Yes, yes. And and so the other thing that um, we would like to remind you, if you are out there and you need help with making an appointment for a vaccine, or if you also, you know, are interested in learning how you can have a telehealth visit if you do get COVID and, and to get the medication, um, you can always reach out to um, the CCB office and they'll connect you with me. And we'll make sure that you get that information and, and we get you the help that you need because let's face it, a lot of this stuff is not accessible. Um, so we just want to be mindful as we are all here together, you know, make sure that, you know, we're using our good hygiene and washing our hands. I, I think we learned that during the pandemic. And again, if, you know, think about it, if somebody wants to be hugged, hug them. If they don't, be okay with it. Um, but I am so excited to have us all here. Um, it's taken a, a labor of love um, on behalf of the, the convention planning committee and my co-chair, Andrea DeClotz. I want to say thank you all for your patience and your grace as we have built this. Um, and, and I'm just so, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, and I want to make sure that we also recognize um, today. So for those of you who do know and those of you who don't know, um, today is actually Cesar Chavez Day, and and Cesar Chavez was a um, bad a double dollar sign. You guys get it right? Um, <laughs> advocate. And today, Governor Newsom um, put out a proclamation, and here to read it for us tonight is going to be the one, the only Guillermo Robles. All right, where are you at, baby? All right. 
can you? Hello. A little bit closer. Can it? Can it? Can everybody hear me? Perfect. 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 Well, it's such an honor for me to be reading this proclamation for you because I think that, if anything, we can take can draw a lot from the work that this man has done. And it is really an inspiration. And I know that word gets used a lot, but really his tenacity, his willingness to, to speak up, his willingness to, to put himself in front and put himself first, uh, for, for the cause is what should inspire us all. So, um, this really, I, I feel, falls in line with the work that CCB does and with the work that ACB does as well. So um, on behalf of the governor, um, I'm really honored to be reading this. Throughout his life of work and service, Cesar Chavez empowered thousands to stand together uh, for their rights and led our nation toward a more equitable and just society. His vision, his visionary leadership inspired a powerful movement that burns brightly to this day, rallying people all walks of life, champion the dignity of work. Born near Yuma, Arizona in 1927, Chavez and his family moved to California after losing their home during the Great Depression. Boiling in the fields from a young age, Chavez faced dismal working conditions, racism, abuse, and exploitation. Moved to confront their injustices, he began working as an organizer in the farm worker community, advocating for improvements in their working and living conditions. Founding the United, the United States Farm Workers together with Dolores Huerta, Chavez challenged Americans to recognize that the produce, oh, uh, recognize that the produce on their dinner tables was picked by people who were being denied the most basic human rights. Chavez laid a historic march of farm workers from Delano to Sacramento in 1966 and helped launch a successful boycott excuse me, grapes that galvanized support across the country. His tireless efforts were instrumental in the passage of the 1975 California Agricultural Labor, Labor Relations Act, which made our state the first in the U.S. history to give farm workers the right to join a union. Chavez's legacy is at the forefront of our minds in the wake of devastating climate impacts that have taken a hard toll on farm working communities. California has taken important actions to support farm workers, including expanding farm worker union rights and worker protections, the development and preservation of farm worker housing, creating fire farm worker resource centers, and investing in new protections uh, from climate risks. California has also advocated for Congress to provide a pathway to citizenship while making state investments to address barriers 
related to immigration status that also impacts many farm workers, including access to health care, food assistance for immigrants over the age of 55, free immigration services, and anti-poverty programs. These actions have been critical, and our support for farm workers continues, including ongoing efforts to assist undocumented workers and communities affected by recent storms. On the anniversary of his birth, we celebrate Cesar Chavez's hard-won strides for social injustice and reflect on the work that lies ahead to build a brighter future for all of our communities. Let us carry on his timeless legacy by lifting up our neighbors, speaking out against injustice, and working together to extend the dream of prosperity, equity, and progress to all. Now, therefore, I, Gavin Newsom, governor of the state of California, do hereby proclaim March 31st, 2023 as Cesar Chavez Day. Now, in the spirit of our ACB president, we're going to do things the Spanish way. And on the count of three, we're going to chant Si se puede three times. One, two, three. Si se puede. Si se puede. Si se puede. Yes, we can. And we do. Thank you, Guillermo. That was beautiful. That was, I, I was so nervous. I was standing there holding the mic for him. <laughs> like a statue, guys. So I also want to add in to so this neighborhood partnership program grant um, that we were able to get with DDSO um, really made a difference um, because, because um, it was part of it is to put on this play tonight. Is everybody excited to see our ACB Capital Chapter actors? Ow. Yes, yes. And so that's going to be coming up in a little bit. And now I think I'm handing it over to Gabe. Gabe, you ready? He says no. Gabe, oh, Gabe is the president. If if y'all didn't know, will the real Gabe Griffith please stand up? I'm back with you. (laughs) Temperamental microphone here. All right. All right. Thank you, Sarah and Guillermo. So, uh, everybody, enjoy your meals. And I'm going to turn it over to Regina Brink, who will uh, carry you through for the to the end of the show. So, enjoy. First of all, we want to welcome everybody and thank you because you actually paid to see us. So that was like, whoa. <laughs> all right. And um, we just, this has uh, been a collaborative effort of the ACB Capital Chapter of the California Council of the Blind. And I'm just going to go down the line and everybody's going to tell you the character they're going to be playing. So you'll kind of know the character. First, we have. Uh, Paul Patchy, I'm playing Miguel. (laughs) 
Okay, and after him, I'm playing Julia. Yay, yes. Oh, you'll find their names out at the end. They're just telling you the characters. Hello, this is Joe. I'm playing Pedro, Horace's friend. (laughs) I'm Joni Pachi, and I'm playing the narrator. I will be playing the voice of Ibarra. I will be playing Gora. I will be playing Suarez. Yay! I am playing Marina Suarez. And I'm Jeff Tom, and I'm playing Juan Nunez. And now we're going to begin the country of the blind. More than 300 miles from Chimborazo, 100 from the snows of Cotopahi, in the wildest wastes of Ecuador's Andes, there lies that mysterious mountain valley cut off from the world of men, the country of the blind. Men, women, and children fleeing from the lust and tyranny of an evil Spanish ruler migrated there in search of freedom. Soon after arriving, disease infected the original settlers. One of the settlers decided to return to the other side of the mountains to share his experience. But then, earthquakes and volcanic eruptions struck the western slopes of the Andes, causing floods, avalanches, and incredible destruction, cutting off the beautiful valley forever from the remainder of the world. He told an incredible story. The man said that the valley had all that a heart could desire. Sweet water, green pastures, a temperate climate, slopes of rich brown soil, and vast forests. Even annoying insects stayed away from this idyllic place. He said that all of the people living in the valley were completely blind. The inhabitants of the valley didn't seem to care about the loss of sight and, in fact, had no real understanding of what sight was. Sight became part of mythology or even a delusion. As you will see, this country of the blind is far more than just a legend. Nearly 15 generations later, another man entered this valley. This is his story, as told to us by H.G. Wells.
Is he Bob? It's kind of a crime. I mind the engineers. And Kido Equity. High up in the Andes. And until a year ago, my favorite sports was Mountain King. <laughs> Our last time was our attempt to scale the remote in Fort King Not a scopah. A 20,000-foot crag, unconquered by human guile. It is still unconquered. 3,000 feet from the icy summit, our party turned back and fled for their lives. All of us escaped, except one. A guide named Nunez, who slipped and fell over the precipice, disappearing into the vast chasm that yawned 10,000 feet beneath us. The horror of that man's fall has haunted my dreams for a year. Because of it, I have given up mountain climbing for the rest of my life. And that decision still stands. Even though today I have seen Nunez. He was sitting on the steps of my shack when I arrived at the mine this morning. At first, I didn't even recognize him. I thought he was a ragged beggar. Oh, is it? Is it you, Donibara? My name's Ibarra, yes. What do you want? You don't know me? I know. I... You look like a man I knew once, but he's... Dead? Dead on the slopes of Parascobel? Nunez, no. It can't be you. Nunez, that's my name, Don Ibarra. At least that's the name I remember. But I saw you fall. You you fell. I'm alive. It's impossible. You couldn't... You couldn't have lived. Maybe the guards of the mountain decided to save me. Nunez! We had no idea... That you were alive. But you went down. Down thousands of feet. We couldn't even try to find your body. I I know. I don't blame you. You couldn't have reached me. And if you had, I... I wouldn't have wanted it. First, but then later. What do you mean? Don't Ibarra... Yes? Don't Ibarra, you won't believe my story. I hardly believe I'm seeing you, talking to you. But what happened to you? Remember that night? That night I fell? Yes. We've been climbing all day, inching our way up a steep ice wall. When night came, 
we found a narrow ledge, barely three feet wide. Well, it's not very wide. Moving our shelter wall up and cut off some of this wind. Well, that'll be good. Yes. But first, we'll rest a while. Look at that icy devil up there, glistening in the moonlight. It's another 3,000 feet up to the top. I can see why no one's made it. Do you think we should go on? I don't know. No, yes. Huh? What do you think? Well, it isn't my place to say, Onibara. I was hired to guide you to the dark. I agree. Yes, but what do you really think? If I believed in the gods of the mountain, as the Ketchwas do, I should be frightened now. The Ketchwas? Why? Because we have invaded the Forbidden Circle. This part of the Andes is uncharted and unknown, even to the Quechuas, and they have lived here for centuries. And shrouded in superstition, huh? It's an easy thing to believe strange things in this white loneliness. Some of the legends are really fascinating. Actually, I've heard of one. Something about a hidden valley called the Country of the Blind. Yes, it's supposed to be somewhere down there, below us, a further valley that was populated many centuries ago, men cut off by the great landslide of Arukka. But why the country of the blind? Well, before it was isolated, the people developed a strange illness. All of them slowly went blind. After that, their children were born blind. Legend is that the valley was the home of the mountain gods. It's too beautiful for human eyes. That's weird. <laughs> it's nonsense. Yes, of course. It would be nice to find it, though. You know the old proverb in the country of the blind? The one-eyed man is king. I don't think we could ever find it. I doubt it even exists. Of course not. I was only joking. Yes, well, now if you've rested enough, we'll make the shelter wall. Right. I'll give you a hand in a minute. Believe me, Ibarra, for two pesos, I'd give up this climb I never realized how much only Barra in one horrible instant my foot had slipped on the treacherous ledge and I had gone over, falling far down into the icy blackness. Falling down, down. Hell, maybe a thousand feet, maybe more. Then I felt a heavy, stinging impact of snow. 
I'd fallen on an almost perpendicular snow slope, and now I was sliding down, down, tumbling over and over. And suddenly, I realized that my own movements had almost stopped, and it was the snow that was moving. I was riding an avalanche. At almost the same time, I went over the second precipice. It was higher than the first. Much, much higher, maybe 4,000 feet. I fell with the snow for what seemed like an eternity, every second expecting the terrible final impact. But the impact never came. It was a miracle. That sheer wall blended almost imperceptibly into another steep snow slope. And again, I was sliding gradually as the arc of the snow, as the arc of the slope curved away. And I felt myself slow down. And finally, I rolled to a stop and lost consciousness. When I woke up, it was morning. And I was covered with snow. I shook off the cold, that white blanket on my chest, and rested a while. And then I rolled over on my back and looked up. My heart almost stopped when I saw where I'd fallen from. That mountain towered 10,000 feet above me. Then carefully, I felt myself all over. My clothes were torn, and I, I was bruised and bleeding. I, I ached in every muscle, but I had no broken bones. I laid there and prayed a prayer of thanksgiving to the gods of the mountain. Far below me, I saw a lush valley, sparkling in the morning sunlight. I could see the stately trees and the green meadow, fresh with dew. I started down the mountain, but it was an arduous descent. The farther down I got, the more I realized the beauty of the scene. This was a hidden paradise I'd, paradise I'd fallen into, and I was the first man ever to see it. So I thought. But I was wrong. I realized that when I saw the cultivated fields and the meadows and the paths, well-kept stone paths laid out in a symmetrical pattern all over the valley. And then I saw them. There were men and women lying under the trees and sleeping in the fields. Nearby, a collection of windowless huts formed a village. And the plastering of the houses was done in a wild variety of colors. I thought to myself, hmm, the plasterer who did that must have been blind as a bat. Then I saw two of them, very close to me. They were standing on a bridge over a little stream with fishing poles in their hands. They were dressed in old-fashioned, wildly colored clothing. They didn't appear to see me as I approached them until I shouted. Suddenly, they looked at me. I waved frantically at them, but they didn't respond. Don't Ibarra, I said to myself. Well, fools must be blind. Blind? Could it be that I have fallen into the country of the blind? Hmm. In the country of the blind, a one-eyed man can be king.
Hello there. Don't be afraid. I... I won't hurt you. I come in peace. It's a man. Or a spirit come down from the rock. Oh, I'm, I'm alright, just like you said. I've had a miraculous escape, and now I find myself here in your valley. Valley? Valley? Come closer. Let me shake your hand. Yes, certainly, here. You see, I am a man, not a spirit. I am just like you, sir. Only I can see with my eyes. Eyes? Eyes? They're totally useless. That's strange. Did you hear him, Cora? What is seeing with your eyes? How should I know? He's crazy. But what do you expect from someone who came down from the rock? You have eyes. They are just very small with no lashes. They have eyelashes and my eyes are big and they can see. See? <laughs> he must have a deformity. Nobody has big eyes and very few people have eyelashes even. Weird. No, no. You see, your eyes are shriveled, but mine are normal. I can see. Here he goes again, talking about seeing. He's the strange one. Where did he come from? He must have come down from the rocks. No, from over the mountains, out of the country beyond them, where men can see, from Bogota where there are a hundred thousand people and the city's threat is as far as the eye can see. The city stretches as far as the eye can see? What strange words he uses. They don't mean anything. And he smells like a llama. Our fathers have told us that men may be made by the forces of nature. It is the warmth of things and the rottenness. We'd better take him to my father and the council of elders. Who's going to lead him? And no one has to lead me. I can see. See? Well, yes, of course I can. I didn't see her pocket. <laughs> <laughs> His senses are still imperfect. He stumbles around and uses meaningless words. Lead him by the hand, Pedro. But look, I... <laughs> oh, well, all right. Monibara, these people have been blind for centuries. They forgot even the words associated with sight. And they thought I was an idiot. Only half-formed, especially when they led me into the pitch blackness of one of their windowless huts, and I <laughs> tripped over someone. I apologize, Don Suarez. He's the clumsy one. I, I'm i sorry I fell down. I, I couldn't see in the dark. <laughs> Who is this? And what is he saying? He was just formed today, Papa. He came down from the rock. He stumbles when he walks and mumbles words that mean nothing. He's a wild man out of the rocks. No, I come from Bogota, over the mountains. 
Bogota. Do you hear that? He uses strange words. His mind is barely formed and he talks like a child. <laughs> Bogota. Yes. <laughs> I, I come from the great world where men have normal eyes and can see. That must be his name. Bogota. He stumbled twice when we came here. <laughs> he must be taught. No, you, you don't understand. I can see, but not in the dark. To you, darkness and light is all the same. But to me, to those of us who can see, to us outside in the world beyond the mountains... Mountains? What are mountains? Oh, very well. Beyond the rocks. <laughs> There's nothing beyond the rocks. Oh, but you must realize the sky above you covers more than just this valley. And far off in the sky are stars and planets and galaxies. Sky above. <laughs> There's nothing above but the roof of rock. <laughs> he is ignorant, my children. We must take him. We must take him and... Show him everything. Now, take him away. Feed him. We'll do it, Don Suarez. But, guide him. Make sure that he doesn't fall over my daughter again. Don't worry, Papa. I'll guide him myself and feed him. Guys. Come on. Here's my hand. Oh, thank you. I need to get out of here. Out of this darkness. Come this way. Yes. What is your name? Marina Suarez. My name is Juan, Juan Nunez. Ah, oh, sunlight. Oh, this is better. Now I can look at you. Ah, oh, wow. You're beautiful. I can't tell you how gorgeous you are. Please, be careful. Why? If you don't learn quickly enough and stop saying these crazy things... They won't be so nice to you. They might be so angry. They might even hurt you. Tony Barra, this thought hadn't occurred to me. Suddenly, I had a twinge of fear. Still, that proverb kept running through my mind. In the country of the blind, a one-eyed man is king. I just couldn't make them understand my wonderful gift of sight. 
They thought I was stupid and uneducated, almost an idiot. Every day, I learned more about their peaceful ways, but they couldn't learn mine. It was beginning to get on my nerves. Bogota! Bogota! Come here! Bogota! You're not moving! Oh no, I want you, lunatic. I'll show you I won't use the path. Bogota! Be careful. Don't walk on the grass. It's not allowed. How did you know I stepped on the grass? I heard you, of course. Heard what? But I didn't make a sound. Why don't you come when I call you? Don't you hear the path when you walk? I can see it. There's no such word as see. Stop this foolishness and follow the sound of my feet. Oh, my time will come. You'll learn. You have a lot to learn in the world. Hasn't anybody ever told you in the country of the blind, the one-eyed man is king? Blind? What is blind? <laughs> oh, never mind. Fokata, I have to warn you. Just be quiet and learn and stop this nonsense about seeing. Nonsense? You think it's nonsense? I'll show you. I have had enough of your insults. You think I'm stupid. You think I have no sense. Still, I'll be king here. I can see, and I'll be king. Okata, stop it. Oh, I'm through with your orders. I'll show you what an advantage sight can be. I can hit you and hurt you, and you can see to hit back. Okata, put down that shelf. Well, well, your ears are bionic, aren't they? Okata, no violence. Watch out. I'll hit you if you come any closer. I swear I will. Down that shovel and get off the grass. You don't understand. You're blind and I can see. I can't see. Bokata. I'll hurt you. I swear I will. Bokata, put down that shovel. Leave me alone. <laughs> Don Ibarra, I hit him with the shovel. And then I ran. Over the wall, outside their valley, back to the rocks, back to the cliff I came from. When I reached that steep rock wall, I knew there was no place to go. For two days and nights, I stayed outside the valley. I got hungry and cold. Then I realized it was hopeless. I was trapped. I would have to spend the rest of my life in the country of the blind. There was no way out. So I went back. I confess, Don Suarez, I was crazy. I admit, I was only half formed. That's and uh, do you think you can still uh, see? No, no, no. That was foolishness. The words mean nothing. Less than nothing. And what is, what is overhead? Rock. There's a roof above the world. A roof of rock and very smooth. All right. And, uh... Please, before you ask me anymore, can I have something to eat? 
If I don't eat something, I might die. All right. Give him food, daughter. Yes, Papa. After that, we must assign him to the easiest tasks in the village. Thank you. Thank you. That's better. You are sweet. Dona Suarez. Very sweet. Glad you came back. You are? If they were all like you, I would never have run away. What's that word you keep calling me? Beautiful. You are. Even your eyes, they're not small and half closed like the others. It means something good, something nice. Something very nice, Tonya Suarez. Tell me, why don't you have a husband? I, I have a disfigurement. He's long hairs. Oh, your eyelashes? But they're beautiful. They're considered ugly. You are the loveliest girl in the valley. But they wouldn't know, would they? Hmm. Have I met your mother? No. Mama died when I was born. I'm sorry. Dona Suarez, do you think I'm an idiot like all the rest of them? Oh, no. You have a lot to learn, but you learn it, I'm sure. You're sweet and gentle and... Your voice is soft, and you use words that are soft and, and warm. No one has ever talked to me like this before. And I'll keep saying them to you, Doña Suarez. You're the only one in this valley, in this whole world, that I care about. Donibara, that's how it began. I, the village idiot, the wild man who dreamed of being king, with my eyes still working, I fell in love with Doña Suarez, the daughter of the elder of the village. Only to her could I open my heart without being afraid. Only to her could I speak of the beauty I could see around me. It's a beautiful valley, Doña Suarez. Green with grass, yellow with sunlight and flowers. Bright flowers dotting the hills. In the cool of the night, the stars glitter like diamonds in the sky. Oh, all 
all your words sound amazing. But stars. <laughs> stars? Why they? No, you wouldn't understand. What do you mean, in the cool of the night? You still get that confused, you know. The night is warm and, and the day is cool. Oh, no. It's you here who has them backwards. Because the darkness means nothing to you. You work in the cool of the night and sleep in the heat of the day. But... You're teasing me. No. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. All that matters is you, Doña Suarez. You, here beside me at night. It's Marina. Marina, that's beautiful too. Marina, I love you. And I love you, Juan. I know they still think I'm an idiot, but you listen to what I say. And you don't think I'm an idiot, do you? to hear you talk. Then, will you? Would you? Marry me? Yes. Yes, Juan. I will marry you. No! I won't have it. Papa. He is an idiot. He has delusions. He can't do anything right. He's getting better. He's better than he was. And he's strong and, and sweet. Stronger and sweeter than anyone in the world. And he loves me and I love him. I won't have it. Don't score us, please. What is it, Dr. Medina? I have examined Bogota, and the case is clear to me. I think very probably he might be cured. Huh. And how would you do it, do that? His brain is affected by something. I believe I know what it is. Those queer things he calls ice, where ours are very small. And without hair. He has big wiggly lumps with flaps over them that move and long hairs. Consequently, his brain is in a constant state of irritation. But how do we cure him? A very simple surgical operation. Remove the cause of the irritation. We'll just cut out his eyes. Make you well, mi amor. It'll make you look like us. But you don't understand, sweetheart. Sight is my world. You wouldn't want me to lose it. It's precious to me. I don't know, darling. There's so many beautiful things to see. 
the flowers, the sky above with its drifting clouds, the sunsets, the stars, and you. If only just to see you, it's good to have sight, and I would never see you again, my dear. Oh, Juan, I love to hear you talk, even though I know it's, it's just your imagination. But Marina, sight is real. No, it's a fantasy. This is real. If you let them cut out your eyes, then we could be together, always. Then, oh, oh, you Marina, you really want me to, Marina, mi amor? Juan, mi amor, oh, if you would, if only you would. Oh, Marina, mi amor, what else can I do? Oh, my dear. You're the most precious thing to me. You won't regret this. Marina! I know you're brave. And think of us together forever. Marina! Oh, now I have to go. Papa's calling me and tomorrow. What? Tomorrow. We'll be together forever. Goodbye. Goodbye, Marina, mi amor. Goodbye, Juan. Don Ibarra, I guess I knew it then when I said that. I only meant to go up on the rocks and look out over the valley to spend my last days feasting my eyes, my precious eyes on the wonderful, beautiful world of light and color. But when I got there, it was too beautiful. Too lovely, this valley, this home of the mountain gods. Beautiful and forbidden. I drank it in, that green fields, the gently curving blue stream, the orange lichen in the rocky crevices. I climbed higher to see the great snow-capped peaks towering above and away to the distant sky, and still higher as the shadows turned the snow to purple and crimson and deep blue. The valley was far below me and beautiful like a painting, but like a painting it seemed unreal. Marina Suarez was small and far away, a distant dream, and the world of sight was here, all around, overpowering and wonderful. No, Don Ibarra, I turned and started climbing up that steep rock wall. How many months it took me to make my way out over those mountains, over glaciers and snow fields and steep precipices, I can't guess. How I lived through the cold and hunger, I can't tell you. But I'm here at last, back from the country of the blind. Incredible. Man, I don't know what to say. What an experience. Yes, it's terrible and wonderful. But you're not sorry you came back? Sorry. <laughs> I see her face clearly now. It's the only thing I see. Nunez, come on. You need food. Here, I'll help you up. Thank you. Where's your hand, Donibara? Nunez? Yes. The mountain gods have had their revenge. 
Those months of crawling over the snow and ice with the sun glaring down. Yes, I am blind. to thank Jim Brown for assistance with rehearsals and performances. Tyler Anderson for working on the sound. And now, Paul Patchy, who played Miguel. Paul Patchy the second. Venus Dickens, and she played Julia. Joni Patchy, she was our narrator. Joseph Hamilton, he played Ivana. Robin Patchy played Cora. Very well, very well. And Joe Green, he wanted him to play Pedro. And our very own elder, Charles Dickens, he played Felix Morning. And playing the very young Marina, who was Ruby Edgar. And of course, playing Nunez, Jeff Tom. Oh, and there was that little part for the doctor that was yours truly. <laughs> and of course, I would be remiss if I did not introduce you to James C. Anderson, known as Jim. He was with the Short Repertory Theater. He gave me my first opportunity to be an actor. And um, he believed in me. He uh, convinced me I could direct, which I didn't believe. And I just am very grateful to him. And he has sponsored um, with through DDSO this portion with the vaccines and the neighborhood partnership. Jim Anderson. Thank you very much, Regina. I just want to say what a pleasure it has been for the Short Center Repertory and for Developmental Disability Service Organization, DDSO, to have 
been a co-producer of this uh, effort uh, uh, from the beginning, first as a radio show, then as a theatrical performance, and finally here today as this hybrid half radio, half live performance. I mean, it was both things rolled into one. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. And uh, it's, it's great to be here today. Thanks. One more thing that I should make clear is that uh, this, uh, this was adapted by a collaborative of uh, persons who are blind uh, from an H.G. Wells story, and it was directed by Regina Brown. Yeah. As they say, that's the show, folks.